long-time listeners, first-time listeners, man, welcome back. And uh, we're at episode 11. And um, y'all ready to ruffle some feathers? Because I definitely am. I want to the smoke today. Big gorilla in these streets. <laughs> no, no, no. But welcome to the show, man. Uh, it is a Sunday evening. And uh, I'm just sitting here posted up, man. Kind of did a little feng shui of my uh, my little game area here. So, you know, I'm in a good mood, man. Been listening to a little silk, so I got my mind right. Um, let's go ahead and hit these guitars. And, uh, boy, we got to talk today. Folks, welcome back, welcome back Episode 11, my therapist made me do this podcast with Mario and friends uh, I'm flying solo today uh, for this one I went back and forth with uh, with how I wanted to do this uh, But I said, man, you know what, I can I can hold my own on the show, man I don't need to have a guest for everything But uh, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to run through this one Man, so, um, man, y'all, a lot been going on <laughs> A lot has been going on, but uh, first off, as always, man, I want to get started with uh, feedback from the last show. So, uh, Leon, man, thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, my God. A lot of good feedback uh, from that show, and um, a lot of coaches hit me up, a lot of, a lot of people that are, you know, coach football, coach basketball, and I was really, was really giving propers on, you know, just kind of Leon's vision and how he does things, and how it all kind of manifested and how, you know, in all, through all of it, you know, we always, you know, put, put the kids first. And, uh, that, that really, really meant a lot to me. Cause I feel like, uh, I was put on this earth to, to help people. And, uh, I feel like Leon was too. And he does such a fantastic job, uh, with the youth. And I just, man, it was just that, that one, that one really made me happy, uh, to get the feedback that I got, uh, from listening to that. So Leon, man, thank you. He got some more, uh, he got some more news coming up. So, uh, he'll be back. He'll be, he'll be back on the show uh, to kind of tell us what's going on and uh, what uh, what his next uh, venture, we'll call it, is. Um, boom. Okay, so I don't have any small business highlights this week. Uh, next week, I'm actually going to have a person that was a small business highlight on, uh, which I'm super excited about. That should be really fun. She'll be in house. Uh, but man, I do. Want to give a plug to my boy uh, Z. I don't know if you want me to say his uh, government name, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, DeMar- <laughs> DeMichael Zellers, my boy Z, man, known him for a very long time. One of the most 
uh, even kill, one of the realest dudes uh, I've ever met in my life, man. Straight shooter, uh, love him to death, man, but uh, definitely went the entrepreneur route. And I think that's so dope, man. I think entrepreneurship is dope, but I think black entrepreneurship is even doper. Uh, so he started uh, Z Dispatching Service, and uh, it's, it's a strategic. I can't talk today, y'all. It's a it's a strategic freight dispatching uh, company that he has going on. So he has an Instagram page. It is the letter Z uh, Dispatching Service. Obviously, he'll be he'll be tagged in the page, man. So it don't cost nothing to show some support, man. So if you're hearing this, uh, man, go over to his page, man. Just hit like, show him some support. Shoot him a DM, shoot him a message. You never know what services he might be able to offer you or a friend. So, man, hit him up, man. And like I said, we'll we'll have him on the show uh, as well, talking about some other things. But I'm sure, like, the business part to come up. But, yeah, congratulations to Z on starting that business, man. Uh, let me know when you get your – Let me get, send me a link to that merch, man, so I can give me some, some merch. Some merch. Uh, yeah. So, next person. Uh, Kenny Bayman, man. He's uh, one of my Masonic brothers. We actually came – uh, through this Masonic, we started this Masonic journey together. Uh, got a record company, uh, the Bayman Empire, and uh, his lovely wife Tiffany is um, one of the artists on uh, their label, and she just dropped uh, like her single. I don't think it's her first one, but uh, it's the first one I heard, and I man, I think this song is super duper dope. Uh, so they just dropped a video uh, with uh, K Major, K Major. I think it was out for like a couple weeks. Already got 10,000 views Blowing it up I got permission from them To go ahead and play a little snippet for y'all So man I'm gonna play this little snippet man And tell me what you think Same thing Same thing All right, I don't care what y'all say, man. This little song, Ride. Hey, man, I was going to be on the remix, man. They had me on there. I was thinking background. Let me show y'all. Let me let y'all hear the part I was, they, uh, they put on. They put me on, but then they cut me out. Got the hard body with the tax. With the tax. I got you thinking. thinking. We can be more than the weekend. weekend. Got you plotting and scheming. Scheming. How to take me home. Uh-huh. You grabbing my waist. Her waist. You can see me at, at your, your place. place. Dancing will make it. Dancing will make it. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> that's all I got. Y'all ain't gotta laugh. That's funny. Nah, but for real, go check out uh, my homie uh, Tiffany. Her Instagram page is uh, at Tiff Marie uh, T I F F M A R I E underscore zero three zero seven. Obviously, she'll be uh, tagged on the post when the show goes up. Like I said, man, it don't cost nothing to show some support, man. So. Go over to a page, hit like, man, support some of her music. She actually has her, her first album getting ready to come out here shortly. Uh, so, yeah, man, salute to Tiff, man. Salute to Kenny, man, for all y'all doing. Super proud of both of y'all. Uh, keep the music coming. Keep the hard work coming. Yeah, y'all going to be all right. All right. So, y'all, work. So, <laughs> man, um. The hardest part about life sometimes for me is that I feel like I do a very good job at motivating people, right? 
And um, when I am unable to reach somebody, I get really, really frustrated. And uh, kind of the situation I'm going through at work right now. But nonetheless, man, I always say, you know, take one day at a time. We go from there. And I always try to find one thing I can kind of harp on, one thing I do good, and I apply that to where I work at. So, you know, I MC, um, not like rap MC, but like, you know, MC, you know, narrate. I come from a long line of great uh, orators, so. You know, talking is just my thing. So, you know, somebody hit me up one day at work and asked me to do a promotion ceremony. Listen, people had got promoted. So, you know, I had just got here and uh, probably two weeks ago. So I go out there, you know, put my own little stink on it. My tub, I don't need no script, man. I want to take Jake. I don't need to edit this podcast. I literally just do it one time and we done. So, <laughs> so I go out there, kill it. You know what I'm saying? Cracking jokes, like making everybody's having a good time. So boom, so uh, some people from my leadership hit me up and say, hey, we want you to do this uh, promotion, like the monthly promotion ceremony. I was like, cool, do that. Monthly commander's call comes up, do that. Now I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a flight Christmas party. I'm doing the med group Christmas party in December. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of weird. And it's, it's, not, it's not the fact that I'm, I'm doing these, what I call like little speaking engagements. But uh, it's always the feedback that people give me. So I'll be walking down the hallway at work, minding my own black ass business, and uh, somebody will stop me and be like, "Hey, are you the, are you the guy that was reading the other day at the uh, fill in the blank?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, that was me." Oh my god, you're such a great reader. Oh my god, you're you're so awesome. You're so entertaining. And like, I'll be like, "Man, hold on, like." I don't know. Call me crazy. If I, if you think I'm crazy, please tell me. But I just I think it's weird that people like compliment me on knowing how to read. Like I don't I don't know. It could be it could be just a Mario thing. But let me know. So now it's to the point where I go down the hall and people are like, "Hey, are you there?" And I'm like, "Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. That's me." So <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just, it's really funny to me. I, I'm I'm super thankful, but. I don't know. I just feel like now I'm just being whored out for people's entertainment. Because they're like, oh, well, I mean, everybody else is just going to read these little scripts. But you're going to make it fun and people are going to laugh and it's going to be so great. And everybody's just going to be in the crowd just, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, Mario, he's so funny. And I'd be like, all right, cool. But I do enjoy doing it. Don't get it twisted. I do enjoy doing it. It's just I don't know. I I don't know. It's just always weird to me. I don't feel like I do anything special, but I I do get a lot of compliments, like on my voice, like how I talk. Like people tell me I should be like a like a jazz, uh, like radio, like jazz disc jockey, whatever. And that's that's always funny. The truth is, y'all, I really hate the sound of my voice. Like I really do. I hate like I always play back every episode. Like before I always upload it, and the only thing, the only feedback I have myself is like, boy, I really hate my fucking voice. But whenever other people hear it, that's literally the first thing they say. They're like, oh my God, like you have an amazing voice for like radio, podcasting, boom, boom, boom. So I kind of take that as man. So I'm, I'm ugly, but I'm good enough to be on the radio. So as long as people don't see me and they hear my voice, everything is cool. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but man, I, I appreciate y'all. I do, I do appreciate you know all of the feedback people give me. I mean, it could be worse. People could literally be saying they hate me for the shit I do or the shit I say. So, man, I appreciate it. it just like I said, I'm I'm not used to 
I don't want to call it fame, but just like this kind of attention. I was telling this guy the other day, I was like, man, you know, I don't, I love celebrating other people. I don't really like when people celebrate me. I don't know why I'm like that, y'all. Please help me. I don't know why I'm like that. But like literally, I will go to the depths of the the earth, the farthest ends of the earth to like make you feel important, make you feel recognized. But like, yo, when it's my turn, hey man, leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. Please go away. Scamper, cabort. <laughs> anyway, so with that, uh, with everything going on for it, I have a great story. Let me before I start this, I just want to tell y'all. Um, I normally write down. So, I'm the the type of people that listen to my show, the the, the people that give me feedback. Like, I feel like I'm I'm not really pressured. But, like, they're a very mature audience. So I notice, like, people really take a lot of insight from things I say. So I try to, like, think out episodes. Not like there are going to be some sporadic moments here and there where I just kind of go off the cuff. But most times, like, I have something like a, you know, like a flow. Like a, you know, like how I want to do things. Because I, I, that is the feedback I get. Like, most people literally will be like, man, the 20-minute mark when you're talking about this. Like, here's what I thought about this. So it's it is really interesting. It it sparks a lot of conversation. So I, I try to be very thoughtful in the, the podcast that I, I put together for people because I know the kind of feedback that people are going to give me. So I just, you know, I try to give the people what they want. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't try to go too far away from steer too far away from what I what I do really good and what I'm comfortable doing. So nonetheless, anytime I put a podcast together never fails i'll have normally on friday i'll be kind of sitting around just plotting like all right so i'm going to do a show on this and um never fails something to happen and it'll totally either derail what i want to do or it'll like there'll be a sign I, I kid you not it'll be a sign from god that it'll be like all right do this one or you know i reach out to somebody like out of the blue and i start talking to them and i'm like oh my god like this is this is what i need to talk about this week like here's 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 what i want to I want to share with the people this week. So, you know, had this whole show, <laughs> had this whole show thought out, y'all. And uh, literally, you know, stressed out from work. So my wife, man, love her to death. Like she was like, man, I know you've been stressed out. You got a lot of stuff going on at work. You know, just trying to get things right, trying to, you know, fix a lot of things. Um, so I got you a massage. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. So Saturday, yesterday, uh, she got me a little massage. And, um. Uh, some friend of hers, some friends of hers, um, all of them are wives, obviously, and they set up this uh, like guys night, like Saturday night. So I, I call it a blind, a blind guys date, like because it was literally like I knew like two of the people that were in the group, but I don't think I don't I didn't know the other like three or four people that were there. Literally, I just got like a message from one of the guys like, hey, all the wives came together. Saying bought us these uh this thing for top golf, we gonna go parlay at top golf and kick it, cool. So, but none of us we had only really hung out one time, and that was from like a game night. And the other couple of guys I didn't really hang out with them like that, but you know they were they were cool. So, massage was first. So massage was in uh it was in Scottsdale. I call it they call it Scottsdale here, but I'm from Atlanta, so I, I call it Scottsdale. That just that just, I'm a, it's Scottsdale to me. So Scottsdale is like forty minutes away. So, boom, you know, I drive there, 
get out go in there very nice place very nice you know spa vibe smell real good real clean very relaxing kind of kind of situation so uh you know little lady walks me back and she says this is the locker room you go in here and change um there's a relaxation room there you some feel you'll fill out some paperwork there and then you're good to go so I'm like cool so I go in there and um so I'm instantly thinking like okay do I go butt ass naked or do I keep like my keep my Ithaca draws on? Do I have my, my diamond Ithaca draws on? You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, something just said Mario just just keep keep you keep your underwear on. So I have I have done TMI, but I have I have done them like naked before. Uh, you know, just I don't judge me, whatever. Nonetheless, so I decided to keep my Ithaca draws on. Keep my robe on. Go out to the relaxation room. Now, the relaxation room is amazing. So, is uh, you walk in there, there's this, uh, these comfortable couches and chairs, and they're individual. So, you sit on them, and they have like a your little paperwork with your name on them. And you sit there, and boom, you know, you relax. You feel like your paperwork, you're cool. They got the water with the, the slices of fruit in them. They got the little uh, cups of like nuts, paws, but they got a... Uh, like grapes and all that kind of stuff. And in front of you is like this glass window and it overlooks like this, like this little lake. I don't know where this is exactly, but beautiful lake. And there's like people walking by. There's like a really nice restaurant, not too far away. So you see well-dressed people walking by um, just real cool vibes. You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, it's always somebody, a killjoy coming with a big ass dog that they can't barely control, taking the shit in the grass, that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, so let me paint a picture for you. So outside, there's these two older ladies. Now, these two older ladies are, which is really creepy. So they were fully dressed. I don't even know why the hell they were there. Like, I don't know. Maybe they were done with their massage. I don't know. But this one lady, as people were walking by, she was taking pictures of them. And it was just really weird to me. So I peeped, like, there was this one lady, very beautiful lady, dressed very nice, nice flowy gown. Clearly, she was going to some nice dinner somewhere. And this lady was having a whole photo shoot of her. Like, I don't know. Don't do that. Like, that, that's weird. Don't do that. Um, so, you know, whatever. So there's another lady in front of me, uh, and she's filling out her paperwork, so she's waiting. There's a couple to the right of me. They're filling out their paperwork and they're waiting. Then there's me kind of in the cut. So first lady walks in. She grabs a lady that's in front of me. Second lady walks in. There's another lady that walks in with her. These are the massage therapists. So they walk in. They grab the couple. Tammy, Joe, gone. So they gone. So I'm in there by myself. Okay, so <laughs> then there's this guy that walks in, this guy massage therapy. So he walks in, he grabs a, he comes in, grabs a cup of the water, and he walks back out. And I'm like, okay, cool. All right, we good. We straight. Now, let me preface this. I'm not homophobic or anything like that. You know, I just, I don't want a guy touching me. It's just not, not in that situation. I want a semi-attractive woman, soft hands, giving me my massage. That's just what I want. That's my preference. That's what the fuck I'm going to do. So, next thing you know, a couple minutes go by. 
uh, the door swings open. There's this guy. He has like this all black outfit on, this black bandana with his mask and his like really curly beard. And he looks over and he goes, Mario? And the first thing I'm thinking is, I know that ain't who I think it is. I know you fucking lie. I know you're not about to take me back here and give me this massage. So I say, yeah, that's me. And he goes, all right, well, come on back. So in my mind, y'all, so I'm, I'm still roll with me, people. In my mind, I'm still thinking, okay, this won't be that bad. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's just taking me back to the room, getting me, like, comfortable. And then Layla, Tori, Danielle, Alicia, whoever, some female's going to come in, bam, bam, get me straight. So he comes in. And he goes, uh, are you doing a thing? You know, cool, whatever. We walk in the room. And he goes, you want the table uh, warmed? You want it like a heated table? And I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever laid on a heated table. That's different. So I was like, oh. But one more. So he's like, just so you know, um, I'll be the guy. Uh, I'll be the person giving you your massage today. You got to be shitting me. <laughs> Hold on, y'all. I gotta laugh at this. I gotta laugh it off now because it's funny now. Okay. So this huge gulp comes in. I'm like, oh my God. So you know what? I'm like, cool. We're gonna roll with it. So he goes, All right, so I'm gonna step out, uh, wait a, a minute or two, let you deep robe, and then I'll let you get on the table. Now he goes, wait for this, y'all. He goes, if you want some <laughs> If you want some glute work done, just go completely naked. And then I can work on your glutes. So he goes, so I go, um, no, I don't think we're going to be needing that today, bro. I'm, I'm cool. Cool on the glute work. So he was like, uh, so, you know, 90 minute massage, you know. So what are your, you know, upper body, lower body, you know. So while he's explaining this, he's doing like this weird, like, uh, shit, like this weird, like stretching mo- uh, motion, almost like a Muay Thai kind of thing. I can't really explain it, but he's like, you know, I got some, I'm gonna do some physical therapy type things, and we're really gonna like get up in there, yeah. And I was like, okay, so he was like, uh, you know, so for you, like, what are, what are like some common areas you need me to focus on? And I was like, like, literally didn't even hesitate. I was like, oh, so for you, oh, we neck and back, my boy, like that, we good there, we, we good on neck and back. I don't need you to touch. Nathan, I don't need you to touch Nathaniel. Don't touch nothing else. So I think you can tell that I'm a little, not apprehensive, but I'm just a little thrown off. So I said, you know what? My wife went through a lot to make this happen, and she just wants me to relax and have a good time. I'm just going to go with it. Pause. So I lay on the table, and... You know, dude comes in. Now, mind you, you know, when you first start, you got your face in the in the, the, the pillow, the cushion, right? So, facing the cushion, so all I can see is feet. So, you know, like, he starts off, you know, like, he's, like, like got his elbow doing, like, the little macho man, like, rubbing. So, like, the only thing I can think of, like, just use your visuals for a second, people. So, the only thing I can think of is I'm looking down at the floor and I see his feet and every time his feet walks towards the thing all I can think is 
this dude's dick is on my head. And he's trying to, like, massage me. So I'm trying to, like, inch down the table just to make sure I don't get, like, a like a dick touch. You know? <laughs> That's how I'm going to dick touch. So it just, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and high cap. It wasn't a bad massage, but it I just wasn't comfortable. So I don't think I could have got the, the full experience of it, right? This dude's doing all kinds of shit. Like he's trying to like stretch my hips out and it was just it was just it was a weird experience. I'm not gonna lie, it was the weirdest ninety minutes of my life. So we get done, pause, and when he gets up, well I get up and he's walking and I go change clothes, so I come out, I'm getting ready to jet. He goes, Hey, um, so you know, you're going to get an email with like some uh, feedback. So if you know, if you enjoyed your massage, uh, you know, make sure you leave feedback because uh, I'm the only male, I'm the only male masseuse here and I don't get a lot of clients. So you telling me that y'all gave me the B team ass massage therapist and it just happens to be this weirdo a white dude with a black bandana. No, ma'am. No, sir. So, <laughs> so he said, yeah, you know, typically they don't, uh, people don't prefer, you know, men. They prefer women. So, you know, it just sometimes kind of hard for me. So I'm like, I automatically go back to the movie Barbershop. Y'all remember Barbershop? When um the white the white boy first came in, and he was a new barber. So whenever somebody came in, they were like, "Hey man, need to cut. Who gonna who gonna cut me up?" And they were like, "Oh man, go to the shop. Go to the uh, guy in the front." And everybody was like, "Nah, big boy, we gonna we gonna wait for it to do it later." I felt like they gave me the guy in the front of the barber shop. So in a way, I'm kind of I'm feeling some kind of way towards my wife because I was like, "I know you lie. I know you ain't." Intentionally give me no male ass masseuse. I my wife wouldn't do that on purpose. I know she wouldn't, or at least I didn't think she would. So we leave. So I leave, and she, you know, she asked me like, "How's it go?" So I'm texting her because I'm on my way to Top Golf. So she asked me like, "How everything went?" And I was like, "Man, it was alright, man, but it was a, it was a man." And she was like, "Oh," so like she had no clue. It was a man. She just said, they said, hell, we got to open in at 620. So my wife was like, yeah, like, boom, give me available. Get my man in here. Let him get his massage. Little did I know, like, they didn't give you an option to get uh, male or female. I don't know. Maybe you got to specify. I Every massage I've ever had before, it, it was always a female. I don't remember request, requesting a female, but it just always was a female. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get the top go. And boom, I pull up on the fellas. And this is actually a pretty cool night. I'm fast forwarding for a bunch of stuff, but like I want to get to this part. So we had the uh, table. So one of the, one of the guys, Wash Man, shout out to Wash. He goes, "Oh, like where'd you come from? Like before you got here?" He said, "Oh man, my wife got me a massage." He was like, "Oh man, how was it?" So then I just kind of put my head down. I kind of looked at him like from the corner of my eye. I was like, "Man, it was it was uh um uh." uh a man did it. And they just busted out laughing. Like, I mean, just dying laughing. And I'm sitting here like, man, I'm sitting here real wounded right right now, man. Like, y'all just, y'all really hurt my soul right now just laughing at me. So, I, I mean, I ain't had no choice. I, I explained it to him. We got a good laugh off that shit. But 
You ain't never doing that again. But um, yeah. So just a word of advice, man, ladies, if you listen to this, man, you ever want to get your man on the side, make sure you uh, request a female if that's what he wants. Make sure you request a female because you don't want to end up with uh, some dude just doing Muay Thai stretches with a black bandana who only get like one customer a week. You don't want them problems. Don't be me. Be better than me. Learn from my examples. Be better. <laughs> All right, man. So let's go ahead and slide into this main event, man. I had to I had to lighten the mood a little bit before I got into this. So um I want to preface this conversation by saying this. Um what I'm about to talk about is not a this is not it's not an anti God conversation. Like I I love God. Don't don't get me wrong. I know where uh, a lot of my success is, a lot of uh, you know, just persevering in trials and tribulations. I like I know who's who the source of my strength is. Um I grew up in the church for a very long time. So before y'all uh, go on your little tirades or your little you start your little subliminal messages, just make sure you leave make sure you don't leave this part out. This is not an attack on God. It's not an attack on God. This is my experience with the black church. So everywhere I go uh, in the military, everywhere you go, um, I think most black people, we tend to look for the other black people. Um, we like to see like, hey, what are, you know, what are the black people hanging? You know, you just I need to see what my crew look like first. You know what I'm saying? I need to see like how they move and then I kind of disperse. As from there, as I as I as I may, um, so you know, you always I always meet some some middle aged person that'll walk up to me and they'll be like, "Hey, welcome to you know, fill in the blank Air Force Base," and uh, you know, ask me you know just some questions. You got a family? Where you from? Boom, boom, boom. And almost like clockwork, that next question is, "Do you have a church home?" This was no different. So you know. Talking to ran into a guy to be a total stranger. He must I I may I guess I just look new around here. So talking to him, you know, and I'm, I'm nobody's a stranger to me. So I talk to everybody. So literally, he hit me with the oh, you know, you got a church home here, and I said no, sir. You know, we just we just got here. I literally just got here two months ago. So you know, what I'm saying, fam, bam, just you know, getting used to being together. So and he's like, oh, you know, come to my church. You know, it's a it's a black church. You know, what I'm saying, just so you know, you you feel welcome and all that stuff. So I was like, cool, you know, appreciate y'all. And I'll I'll think about it. Cool. So as I was going home, like it took me down this like whirlwind of like thoughts, and I was like, man, you know, like Jess and I have not been in a a brick and mortar church in a in a long time. Um, I was, I mean, I've, you know, been gone for a year so. But even before that, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. In North Dakota, I don't think there was anywhere we we actually had church. I think I went to the, the chapel on base a couple of times, and that was okay. That was okay. But um, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I don't, where, where I am in life now, I, I can't see myself, at least right now, this, this may change. I can't see myself being a part of a black church again. Here's why. So, I okay. So let me try to establish some credibility, just a, a little. So, my my godfather, uh, Pastor Larry D. Taylor, High Hope Christian Ministries. If you're in Atlanta, Georgia, look him up. 
Um, man, just one of the one of the most dynamic pastors and people um, I've ever known in my life. And I, to me, like I felt like he did church the right way. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a. It didn't feel like a money grab. It didn't feel like there was a lot of seniority. There wasn't a lot of drama. There was a lot of drama, but it really didn't come from him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was all about delivering the message, making sure you got something out of it, even giving you that feeling of conviction from time to time where you like, man, I feel like this message was geared straight towards me. Um, being involved in the church, like, you know, seeing some of the behind the scenes things, um, I realized it like, and it's I'm only speaking on black churches, just speaking on what I know. Man, like some of y'all messy. And when I say some of y'all, I mean the members of the church. Um, one very important thing that he always uh taught me was like, you know, the church is a business. Like at the end of the day, like absolutely God like, you know, gives him a, a word to give to the people that he uh shepherds over. Absolutely, but like, you know. You still need money to like keep the lights on, you know, like all those kind of things. So in spite of all that, like he, he was always able to do that with no issues. But like, man, there there was one situation I remember that, that stood out very clear to me. PT, as I call him, was a very, very giving person. I pretty much lived with him. I didn't even ask him, could I live with him? I just started living with him. Um but you know, very very giving person, man. He he um, he took anybody in, and like that that that's one thing that I have always loved about him. Um, I remember this one situation very vividly, um, where he uh, was he was telling his family, you know, like he was going to get them a house, and uh, you know, obviously he ain't like you know TDJs. He just got millions of dollars laying around. At least if he does, I don't know. But you know. Obviously, things take time. There's a process behind things, right? And, um, you know, to somebody who comes to the church and is is struggling or is going through, like, a hardship, like, you know, for somebody in the church to reward you, uh, I shouldn't say reward you, to bless you with something like that, like, man, that's, that's awesome. The problem is, like, I feel like, and there's a lot of this story I don't know, but it almost came off as, like, like she wanted the house like right then and there. She ended up leaving the church because I guess she felt like, you know, promises were broken and all this kind of stuff. And it just that just really didn't sit well with me because I'm like, man, like so somebody is doing this, but I don't I don't know. It was just it was just really weird to me. And it it doesn't really stop at, at members like that. Like I my mom and my dad, uh, my dad's deacon in the church decades, literally decades. My mom uh, executive assistant at the at the church I grew up in, and um, literally devoted their lives to like the the betterment of our of church. And I think as a as a Christian, when you attend church, like there's just certain things that you just kind of you kind of expect to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, hey, like all this money coming in, there would be like a like meetings at the end of church, and they would show you like all these millions of dollars they have and how over budget they are and all this kind of stuff. So you kind of expect like things to like, we got this abundance of money. Like, you know, people should be getting blessed and all this kind of stuff. But man, just church after church after church that I went to, there was always something. There was always like some drama, like 
somebody was embezzling funds or, that, you know, they were taking money off the top or, you know what I'm saying, taking out extra loans on the church. And then a church that probably should have been paid off 10, 12 years ago still got payments on it for whatever reason, man. And um, it actually, it, it jaded my mom, like, for, for a long time. Me and her used to talk. She took, like, a, a hiatus from, from the church. It was really weird for my mom. But, you know, she just... Just got sick and tired of the shenanigans. I think it's funny because we were kind of at that phase at the same time. And, um, you know, my, so my wife, she trusted me a lot with those kind of decisions. It's like, it's like the head of the house is the man of the house. Like she wants, you know, me to go, you know, find a church if I feel comfortable. Like that's like, this is where we need to settle in at. We had our pastor a long time ago tell us, hey, it's important to make sure you, when you get in part, when you get a part of a church, like you plug into the church, you know, plugging in as in getting involved, those kind of things. So, so the 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 issue that I've noticed with 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 black churches in particular, just in my experience, is it's never really the pastor per se. Like the the pastor normally has a vision for, you know, whatever, like the community, the people. Um, you know, just making people better. It's normally the parishioners that that attend the church. Like those are the ones that keep up all the problems. Man, I walked in churches before where people just like literally like rolled their eyes and just looked at me and my wife like like we were absolutely crazy. And it, I ne- I never understood why because our thing was, hey, when we got when we found a church, we plugged in, we got involved. My, my wife wants to be a teacher, so she always, you know. Plugged in with the the youth ministry, you know, to teach at the Sunday school and those kind of things. And it wasn't, it wasn't. We weren't trying to gain some kind of seniority or notoriety. We just wanted to be a part of, you know, the vision so we can help. You know, what I'm saying, carry it out. And man, just like church after church, man, there's just there's like this aura of like hierarchy from people who, I mean, ain't none of them get paid. But, like, they just feel like, oh, I've been in church for 20 years, so I should just be entitled to, like, this kind of treatment. Whereas, man, I treat people the same way, man. I, I treat you, you put your pants on the same way I put my pants on. So, hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. And we going we gonna to keep it moving. But I just, it's, it's always, that's, that's just always been a, a, an issue with me. And I get it. Like, the, the people truly are the church like the the people make up the church like you should go there to listen to the message that god is giving your pastor and you know you you go be great in the world but i mean little old me i mean we just have to we just have to have a level of realness here i don't care how much you love god if a church is filled with people who are full of shit or just full of like drama and they care about trying to be in the pastor face so they can get whatever kind of recognition. It is really hard to keep focus on why you're there. Like it's hard to ignore those kind of things, especially when you're one of those people that get involved in the programs and the ministries and all those kind of things, because you have to deal with different tiers of people who are jockeying for a position to get some kind of title to get some kind of favor. Um, in you know, like in in the pastor's face, and that just that's that's always bothered me. I, I've I've never never been a fan of that. Um, 
I've been to churches and it's not, it's not just the members. Like sometimes it's, it's the pastors too. And I, like I said, I understand that church takes money to run. But I, I'm going to tell y'all a story. So there was a church that's going to remain nameless. Um, that my wife and I went to, and one day they were talking about, um, they played this video about how they were going to uh, expand the church. We're going to expand the church. Now, what was interesting about this, this expansion expansion project, is that if you looked around, like, the church wasn't really, like, packed. Like, they did, like, three or four services. And, like, the church was never really packed anyway. So, like, like for what they were trying to, they were trying to legit knock out a wall, add another wall, and, like, you know, extend it out or whatever. So, Cool. That was that was the initial plan. So one day the pastor came up and he said, uh, so, you know, people were like donating their money. And if you donated, I forgot how much it was. But if you donate a certain amount of money, they put your they put your name on a brick uh, in the building, you know, to show that you were, you know, you sold, you know, whatever, whatever. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life took place. The pastor came. One day after, you know, people were like faithfully paying their money. And he said, so the devil is, the devil is trying to, the devil is trying to attack us, y'all. And, uh, you know, we had some, some hiccups with the construction uh, companies and they're, they're giving us pushback and we're trying to get everybody involved. But here's the gist of it. We need a million dollars today. (laughs) And I was like. Oh, that ain't happening, homeboy. <laughs> so he was like, between these next three services, we need to raise a million dollars to pay off this whatever so God can continue to do uh, what he needs to do. Y'all, do y'all know this man got this million dollars in three services? It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Okay. <laughs> I want to say that. I don't want to bash no preacher or anything, but it was just, it, it really amazed me. But to highlight it, there was this, there was this thing that, that he, um, he did called a 90 day tithing challenge. Now for people who don't go to church, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, when you get, when you get blessed with, um, you know, like back in the day, like you were blessed with like cattle or, you know, fruits or vegetables or whatever. Like you gave a percentage of that to the church, so uh, the church is normally a tithe is normally a tenth of of what you bring in. So the pastor of this church in particular said, "We're going to do a ninety day tithing challenge," and so I was like, "Okay, what's uh what's that?" So he said, "Basically, I want you to tithe, like pay ten percent." Uh, for the next 90 days, like, boom, every time you walk in this building, 10% of what you got, 10% of what you got, 10% of what you got for 90 days. Here was his, uh, here was his, here was his catch. If God hasn't done anything for you in this 90 days, we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. I 
I've never heard of anything like this in my entire life. So I was like, okay. So at the end of this 90 days, now I think I think they do it twice a year. And there's a there's a scripture that they, you know, follow to tell you about. It's like Malachi chapter four. I believe it's chapter four, but it's like, you know, basically like if you trust just trust God and believe, like believe in God, trust what he'll do for you and watch he pour out a blessing that you can't handle. Like that's that's basically paraphrasing what the scripture says. So ninety days comes. There's this uh ninety day tithing challenge service, right? So they go, uh, all right, well, it's been ninety days. Um does anybody in here feel like they haven't been, you know, blessed? Guy comes up, so you know, um, you know, just people are coming up like somebody got a house, somebody got a car, blah, blah, blah. The guy comes up like, man, I just don't, you know, feel like um you know, I mean, I don't know if I, I received a blessing. So, you know, the pastor goes, well, have you been sick in these 90 days? He's like, no. Nah. He said, you, you woke up every morning? He's like, yeah. He was like, well, sounds like God has blessed you right there. Organs play. You know, like once the organs start. People in the church start. So it was like this beautiful distraction to what this man just said. Because he said, if you felt like you didn't get blessed by God in 90 days, you can get your money back. No questions asked. When somebody came up and said, hey, don't feel like I've been blessed. Man, instead of giving the man his money back, no questions asked. They had this whole like smoke and mirror situation going on, and like it just and it turned into this whole you know like worship service where like people were like shouting and dancing all that kind of stuff. Didn't sit well with Mario at all. Fast forward, I, I'm 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 chuck full of stories, y'all. But I'm, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna try to keep it brief. I go to this one church, and this guy used to be, uh, I think he used to be a boxer. Um, in DC, he used to be a boxer. I, I've never heard of him in, in my life, but he would do these things every service where he he had to make sure that you were that you knew who he was. So, case in point, so he preaches his little sermon or whatever, which really don't be about nothing. Like he literally could be talking about water, and like five minutes into the service, he already hooping and hollering. Now, if you've been in church before, you know what hooping and hollering, but for those who don't know, it's like when you uh when you uh you know they start getting in, and they're going oh, we gonna go to go see God and we're gonna go do that like it's you know they start doing all that kind of stuff. So I mean he really wasn't talking about nothing that required him to start, you know, jumping around or whatever. At least in his brain he thought he was killing it. Uh but he had this like faithful band of parishioners that like whatever they he said start jumping, they would start jumping. Anyway, at the end of service, you know, when they, you know, the organ music gets real soft. It's normally like a little, um, what is it, like inspirational song. Most pastors are, you know, talking to you like, man, like, you guys got to get your life together. You got to come to Christ. Come down here. Let me pray for you. You know, that kind of stuff. Not this pastor. He took it as a moment to start dropping dimes on people. Straight Chris Paul action. So one day he was like, 
I know, you know, I know y'all probably uh, be Googling me. You know, I know y'all didn't probably went home and Google me. It was like, oh, he a boxer. Look at him. He, he done made all this money. What he doing here? Well, that ain't none of your business. Why I mean, And I'm saying like, bro, I ain't even wouldn't have thought twice to Google you at all. My personal favorite was one day we went into church one day. And he said, uh, brother, I got a picture of Kobe in my face. So I'm going to say Kobe. Brother Kobe uh, called me up and said that uh, this family uh, wanted him to come over for dinner. Like they wanted to, you know, open, extend the hand of fellowship. And he said, I told brother Kobe, who was in the audience, by the way, he told him, I told him straight up, like, you need to stay away from that family. You need to stay away from that wife because she ain't nothing but a whore. Oh, no, no. He called her He called her a whoremonger. He said, she a whoremonger and she ain't going to ever be right. And I was like, I think this man just wanted something to eat. Like, I don't think he wanted, I don't think he wanted to do all that. But then, I'm not going to lie to you, got me caught up one day, y'all. So, I'm sitting in there. Mind you, this was the one church that me and Jessica didn't, we didn't, uh, like, plug into for some reason. I think we both were just kind of weirded out by it. We were still trying to fill it out. So, you know, we go sit in the same spot. It was one of those things where, like, uh, they were like, you know, uh, anybody want to join the church? Anybody want to join the church? And then it would just get real quiet, and everybody would start looking at us. Like, we were, like, the only people in the church who ain't joining the church. So I used to stand firm on that. Like, hold on, homeboy. Like, if God ain't moved me to join the church, I'm not joining the church. That's just what I'm doing. So they look, and like, anybody else? Will there be one? Will there be one? And everybody's looking, and they be like, oh, you know. They be looking, so one day they got it. So they said they have this program called Watch Ministry, and it's like you're not joining the church, but like you can go and you give me info, and they just call you whatever. So then it's about that time. Inspirational music plays. It's time to give the inspirational speech. So he's going around the crowd, like telling people, like, "Hey, you know, you gonna be blessed, brother." Sister, you gonna do this and you gonna do that. So he looks at me and my wife, right? And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. So <laughs> he goes, uh, brother, talking to me, brother, you got a you got a very youthful spirit, amen. And uh, you know, you're you're very youthful. And uh he said, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to I want you to get on your knees and pray. Right now, I get on your knees and pray. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I can send one up with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? Boom. So I'm praying. I'm just like, you know, hey, thank you, God, for, you know, getting me here. You know what I'm saying? Bless my family. You know, help keep us on the right direction. Bless our marriage. You know, the, the usual, right? So then he goes, he's talking to Jessica now. He's like, lady, your, your steps are ordained by God. And he was like, brother, you need to kiss her feet. You need to kiss her feet and kiss the ground she walk on. So he was asking me to like, he was asking me to start kissing her feet. And I, I don't know if that was like, like, <laughs> I don't know if it was like, uh, like these were like holy kisses, like holy pecks. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if like every time I, I kissed Jessica's feet, like it like was like a blessing, like five kisses equals five blessings. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure, y'all. I don't know. Anyway, 
I say all that to say this, man. Like, to me, a lot of black churches have become uh, like a, a spectacle. And I say that because I I know people. I live with people. I love people that, like, literally have, have taken care of me. And I've seen, like, how they go about their lives, how they go about doing things. So it taints me when I, you know, I see other people like Pastor Taylor's my bar. Like he's my bar for like a, a great preacher. If I ever had a problem right now, I could literally call him right now at 11 o'clock Arizona time. And he'd answer the phone and talk to me about it. He would give me some inspirational nugget and we'd be good. So when I talk to people or I go attend services and I hear people say things, and it's like the wildest shit to me. Like I've been in church services before where people have mentioned like things in the Bible or like questions in the Bible. Like, oh, so I remember back a while back, there was like this huge fiasco about like the stained glass windows and like how the Jesus that was portrayed on stained glass windows. This was like a huge thing. And I've been in several churches where people have said this before. And like, I've heard them say like, now mind you, in the Bible, it tells you very, it tells you very clearly like what Jesus looks like in the Bible. Like, tells you exactly what it is. So, I literally have heard people say that it doesn't, it doesn't matter like what, what Jesus looked like. And I'm when I tell you, I've heard this a good five or six times in church. And honestly, I've heard this about other like passages in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, so the way I was raised is that the Bible is the way, the truth. Like that is that is that is it. What's in the Bible is it. So now, now I'm at your church and like now you're telling me like the things like how how God is portrayed, like isn't important. And I'm like, okay, so where we go from here. You know what I'm saying? So I this is just my this is Mario's opinion. I struggle with the black church for this reason. I feel like there are a lot of people in church, members, pastors, deacons, evangelists, whatever. I feel like they love the world and they know church enough to get what they want. I hope that makes sense. Like, I hope that makes sense. Like, like they know enough. They, they, they're, they're, they're worldly thinkers, but they know enough church. They know enough Bible to walk in there and get all this money or whatever, preach you prosperity and all this kind of stuff. And then just leave you high and dry. Does this happen in Caucasian churches? It does. It does. It just seems, it seems way more prominent in, Black churches than than anything else, and I I I don't know I don't know, and I, I know I'm not alone in this at all, and I just I truly feel like at this point in my life I don't know if I can I don't know if I can stomach going to another black church where there's where it feels like a spectacle where it just feels like this is just these are just antics. Like people are just doing things down the front row, shouting and jumping around just to get like attention. I don't, I don't know if I can stomach another church like that. Um, man, I just, 
And and the bad part is like like I I really I really do want to I really do I re- I want to be a member of a black church I do, but I just I feel like there's especially nowadays I just feel like there's so many things that like the black church chooses not to address, and I just I feel like we we as the people in the black church we are just caught up on way too many things except what. The purpose of church is, and that's like saving souls, like bringing people to Christ, that kind of thing. And I, I just, I, I don't know if I can do it. As as long story short, I just, I, I don't know if I can do it. Um, I feel like, at as I get ready to close, which is funny, as I get ready to close, I feel like you should. If you've been in church a while, like you should have enough of a relationship with God where you don't need to be in a church. Or if you're at that point where you're just trying to find a church home, like you know what I'm saying? You you can open your Bible, you can read it and study, and you can, you know, learn whatever it is you need to learn. I don't think you necessarily need to be in a church right now. And and the more I talk to people, I know I notice a lot of people will say, like, I'm spiritual. Um, I'm just not religious. Like a lot of people consider like religion as like, like a joke right now. And I mean, I've, you know, heard people go back to, there's always the age old thing about, Oh, you know, well, like slave masters use slavery as a means of mind control over slaves. So why are we in modern day society still like following uh, the ways of the Bible when it was used to like basically mentally like enslave us so slave owners could do whatever they want to with us. I think that's a very valid question. And the problem is like it almost feels like when you're when you're asking questions about uh, Christianity or even things like that, when you're just trying to get an understanding of things, when you ask people in a black church, man, I've heard some crazy answers about stuff. When people just say, oh, you just got to have faith. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, like, even though I can't see it happening, I'm just supposed to believe it's supposed to happen. And I'm just like, so you, as the person who is the leader of this church, like, when people legitimately have questions, like, you just tell them, just have faith. Just have faith. And I'm like, man, like, it's there has to, <laughs> there has to be more than that. If I'm reading my Bible and this doesn't make sense, why can't I go to your church and say, hey, what is this? Why is this like this? Like, it's not you doubting God. It's not you questioning God. You just want a better understanding on if it makes sense. I honestly, I don't have a, I honestly don't have an issue with that with any religion, to be honest with you. And that's why whenever I meet people of other religions, I'm always intrigued by like how they do things. Muslims are my absolute favorite. So I didn't know that like the Quran it was like after all these years, it's never been unchanged. I mean, it's never been changed. It's literally been the same version, like since this inception. Um, there's about eight hundred forty nine thousand versions of the Bible, and of those, is probably another five trillion interpretations of what people think each and every scripture in that Bible means. So it has another question. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? It just I don't feel like I feel like as as you get older and you get more mature and you kind of get out of that phase where you're just like, oh, you know, I grew up going to church. But now you're starting to ask questions and really take a step back and say, hey, is this type of church 
like the church for me. And that's when you get like, like a lot of, a lot more insight on things because you're old enough to understand. Like you just went to church because you went to church when you were little, but now you can kind of see the lay of the land and how people do things and how they maneuver and the idiocracies of like people's behavior and all those kind of things. And it, it, it strays people away from church. Like, Christians, Christians straight people away from church more than anything else. Like, it's important to understand that if you are a Christian, like, like your job, your job really is to make yourself better and bring people in the to the church to Christ to, so they can see what you saw or learn what you learn or get you know whatever healing you need. And then as a collective, y'all go back into the world and save people. But man, and that's at a, a, the lowest level of understanding. But man, if that if if people aren't allowed to have that kind of that kind of mindset or thought process where they can't even ask you a question or, you know, not even necessarily go against what you believe, but just kinda ask you a question about your your theories and your beliefs. Hey, I heard this, I heard that, without getting like the third degree, man, it 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 turns people off. Like it it really does. And I don't expect Christians to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. People are gonna make mistakes. You're gonna fall to it and Christians are no different than any other denomination. I just feel like <laughs> sometimes Christians treat church like it's a cult and it shouldn't be like that. It really it really should. I don't feel like you should have to like indoctrinate yourself to like hip hop music and all this kind of stuff to try to bring people in. Like if if being a Christian is truly different, then you should be different about your approach on how you do things. I should never hear a turn on the radio, which I don't, but I should never turn on the radio and hear somebody saying, I go hard in the paint. I go hard in the paint. I go hard in the paint. Like, and cause I started thinking walk a flock, real song, by the way. But I don't know, man. It just, the black church is interesting to me. And, I just I don't know if it's I don't know if it's for me right now. I don't I don't know if like the white church is for me right now, but I just stop the shenanigans, people, and let's just get back to like the the basics of what church is. Like we don't have to have these mega churches and try to bring in all this money and you know, you got people giving the last of their money and going poor while people are flying in helicopters and all this kind of stuff. I saw the other day this preacher this preacher on TV said he was a white preacher, but he said, man, you know, like God told me he'll come back. He'll come back once everybody start paying, they, paying their tithes and offering. Like y'all ain't paying no money in church. So that's why God ain't came back yet. And the funny part, he ain't the only person that think like that. So, man, take that, take that how you want to. That is just my, that is my ramble on uh, the black church. Uh, it is. I know some people are going to agree. I know some people are going to disagree. I'll probably get some subliminal messages. I'm used to it all, people. It it don't bother me at all. But like I said, the microphone is always open for anybody that wants to share their thoughts or concerns. Most people never take me up on that. So, uh, yeah. But, man, y'all take care of yourself. Y'all have a good week, man. And if um, nothing else, man, I encourage you all, if you believe in God, to, like, really, truly try to develop a relationship uh, with God for yourself. And treat church like a college course, man. Like, if you're trying to be a doctor, you're not just going to walk into a random school and be like, hey, I want to be a doctor. You're going to do your due diligence and see, like, what every school that you're thinking about going offers you. And you're going to make the best decision for you and your family. 
Treat church the same way and don't let nobody tell you any different. Visit the church. See how the things are. The members, the vision, the pastor, they all are equally important. If you don't feel comfortable walking in the church, you ain't going to be receptive to anything else that happens in that church, period. I don't give a shit what nobody says. So take your time. Do your due diligence, man. Let some of these black churches that do all the shenanigans and the prosperity preaching and just trying to get a buck out of you and give you a feel-good speech so you can pay more money, let them be where they at, man. Got to deal with them how he's supposed to deal with them. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. Y'all have a good night.